Happy Thursday. Welcome into NSN Daily, our final uh, live show of the week uh, going into the uh, 4th of July holiday. Alex Margulies on the road from where are you, Oregon? Uh, Shannon Kelly, Chris Murray, I'm Brian Samudio, Anthony Resnick, always uh, keeping us between the lines. Alex, where are you in Oregon? You're on your way home. Yeah, uh, on our way back, uh, we were in Crater Lake this morning, driving from there back to Reno. I'm in a town called Merrill. Uh, it's right next to the California border. I think I'll be in California probably in the next 10 or 15 minutes uh, this time of this taping. I think we have about five hours to go uh, on our journey and uh, make our way back to the biggest little city. Fantastic. Uh, big show today. Doug Raftery with uh, Reno 1868 FC going to join us here on the show. He's their general manager. Going to talk about the upcoming season. Hopefully no hiccups and we get that. Kenzie Goings is going to join us, a former uh, Nevada softball star who actually is going to come back for another year. Uh, she's a Reed uh, star who had her season cut short this year because took an, uh, a softball off the eye, and it was a really scary injury. Uh, but we're going to talk to her. The GO Challenge is in its final four stage, and a Mountain West Conference school has dropped two sports because of this pandemic, and that is the domino that we did not want to see fall so it's going to be better no bet and uh, your money play of the week. But, uh, Alex, tell me about Crater Lake, man. That's on the bucket list for me. I mean, talk about an absolute incredible, incredible piece of land. Yeah, it's spectacular. Uh, we were really lucky. The weather was phenomenal. We were there. Uh, perfect blue day yesterday. Uh, the color of the lake stands out right away. I mean, uh, I've been looking at Lake Tahoe my entire life, and, and Crater Lake might even be a, a shade of blue that's just a little bit different. Uh, it's pretty spectacular to look at. It was formed by volcanic eruption nearly 8,000 years ago. Uh, there's not a single river or stream that flows in or out of Crater Lake, so 100% of the water contents are actually from rain and snowfall over centuries. Uh, so that keeps the water clarity incredibly clear. You really can't get up and close and personal with the water to see what it looks like from the lake level, at least not this time of year. Uh, there is one place that you can actually uh, hike down and go swimming, but the, that side of the, of the uh, rim trail is closed at this time of the year. There's still a lot of snow up there. Uh, so they're hoping to get that open in the next week. And then folks can go on the, the eastern side of the rim, and that's where you can go down and go swimming. But from up above, uh, it's stunning. Uh, very beautiful. I was up this morning. We actually went and watched the sunrise there uh, very early this morning. I was told that was kind of a bucket list thing to do. And, and so we figured, why not? We're here. Let's do it. So I woke up at like 2 o'clock. Uh, and uh, I couldn't go back to sleep, so I decided just to drive then and there from the campground up to, to the rim, and we were able to park literally on the edge of this caldera, of this, uh, this crater, and uh, wake up with the sunrise out the windows. It was, it was truly spectacular. You're obviously a big Lake Tahoe guy, so I, I want to put you on the spot here. Wh which is the better lake in your experience now, the two deepest lakes in the United States, as you've told us? Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Lake Tahoe. I mean, I think the, the, the swimmability factor is much bigger there. Crater Lake, it's, it's uninhabited. Uh, so, you know, there isn't the kind of that play factor that you would Tahoe. You know, Tahoe for me, it's going down to the beach, it's being on a boat, it's, it's hanging out, it's riding your bike, it's doing all these different activities. Crater Lake is an amazing thing to look at. Uh, but if I had to pick one, I'm definitely still sticking with Tahoe. But it was really cool to see Crater Lake, as we talked about yesterday. And you just mentioned the fact that they are the two deepest lakes. And we always... We always kind of talk about that with Tahoe. You know, when you introduce it to somebody from the first time, you say, hey, this is one of the deepest lakes in the world. Uh, you know, the, the amount of water that's held in Tahoe. So it was cool to see the deepest lake and, and get up close and personal with Crater Lake. 
I can't believe you woke up at 2 a.m. and then just decided to drive because you're not a morning person either. Um, but just what do you think was the best part of this whole trip? Yeah, you know, I was, uh, I was planning on waking up at like 4 because the sun was going to start coming up like at 4.45. And then I woke up at 2 and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I said, screw it. Let's go drive. <laughs> Maybe I'll nap like for a little bit before the sun comes up. That didn't happen. You know, the wheels are turning. Uh, you guys don't know what that's like at all. Uh, but, uh, man, that's such a hard thing to pick out. You know, there's so many incredible memories. It was such a shotgun trip. I mean, we planned three shoots a day pretty much every day, so we didn't really have a lot of time in any particular place. Uh, but I would say some things that stood out to me, certainly the, the round of golf at Bandon Dunes uh, was one of the most uh, amazing golf courses I've ever been to. It was uh, heightened by the fact that I think I had the best round of golf in my entire life. I don't know what happened, but uh, I just couldn't miss. Um, you know, going up to the dunes in Florence was so cool, getting to rock uh, on, a, on a sand rail and really just seeing how big those sand dunes are. I mean, you're talking about 50 miles long by 20 miles wide. Uh, the culture, you know, we were kind of talking about that yesterday, how folks, guys will just kind of air down their tires and drive to work uh, through the sand dunes and ripping up and down the beach and guys just fishing and just kind of seeing uh, some of that culture. And then the coastal stretch to me um, between Florence and Yahats, Oregon, it's called Cape Perpetua, uh, was really some of the most beautiful coastline I've ever seen. Um, you know, the Sea Lion Caves there and the Hasita Lighthouse there, uh, truly beautiful. The sun finally came out, so I think that kind of added to the experience. Most of, of our trip on the wet cold, and it was really rainy. Fortunately, though, the sun did come out when we were at that lighthouse, and you could really get a full scale of what that coastline looks like, and it's, it's just amazing. Alex, you're going to get home later this afternoon, and uh, I'm sure Bubba's going to be, your dog is going to be happy to be, be home for a little bit, sleep in your own bed. Next week is the American Century Celebrity Tournament in Tahoe, and then we're sending you back out again for another road trip, and what are you scheduling next? We're trying to finalize some details, but uh, the basic gist is we're going to head to Utah first. We're going to head to Zion National Park. Uh, it's known as one of the most um, amazing national parks in the country. I think it is one of the most visited. Uh, so we'll do some hiking and some sightseeing there. Then we'll head over to Bryce Canyon National Park, which is very close to there, kind of that southwestern uh, part of Utah. And then from there, we're going to head uh, a little bit south to the border of Utah and Arizona uh, to an area called Page, Arizona, and that's right on Lake Powell. Uh, so we'll spend a couple days exploring down there. Um, Horseshoe Bend is one of the areas I want to check out, Antelope Canyon. Um, there's some really cool stuff when it comes to Lake Powell. So, uh, looks like a kind of a combination of, uh, Utah and Arizona for the next trip. Uh, looks like we'll be departing sometime the week after the American Century Championship. So going through the permitting process with the national parks and, and getting that stuff finalized for us to be able to come in and film there. Uh, that was something I was a little surprised with that, how, how kind of daunting that process is, but it uh, looks like we will get permitted and, and be allowed to go in there with our cameras and, and capture um you know some of the most incredible national parks in the country i've houseboated at lake powell before and it is amazing you're going to absolutely love it but let's let's get through the american century tournament first if you want to follow alex on twitter it's uh margulies underscore pxp if you want to check out uh his reports and of course we'll have it on nevadasportsnet.com alex i appreciate the uh the hustle man and drive safe thanks guys and once again i just want to thank our friends at sprads rv for helping us get on the road you guys want to hit the road this summer, go check out their great selection of luxury trailers down on Virginia Street. They're a super knowledgeable staff. They've got a great service and parts department. They'll definitely take care of you if you guys want to hit the road this summer.
All right, coming up next here on NSN Daily, Reno 1868 is planning their season. Their general manager, Doug Raftery, will join us here on the show coming up next. Welcome back into NSN Daily. You know what? We will have sports to watch in a an undetermined way. Uh, we will have sports. Uh, Reno 1868 FC and the USL announcing that they are going to have an abbreviated season. Doug Raftery, general manager of Reno 1868, joining us here on the show. Doug, when you got the the memo, you're in you're in the office right now, the voluntary minimal staff at the, at the office at Greater Nevada Field. When you got that memo, saying you're at least going to play 16 matches and get on the pitch, what did that mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. I jumped out of my chair in my uh, house and sprinted out the door. <laughs> it's uh. It's really neat. You know, obviously, I, I think everyone's trying to do it their own way, if you will. Um, the NWSL on the women's side for soccer, MLS, obviously, going the bubble route, if you will, in Orlando, you know, NBA in their conversations. And the USL has, has pretty much said, hey, we're, we're doing this thing. And if we're going to do it, we're going we're gonna to do it like we, we planned and, and hope that it goes well in terms of traveling to other markets. And um, there certainly is maybe a bit of a higher risk in that regard, but uh, we're excited. I mean, Ian is, is more excited than I've ever seen him coaching on the pitch, and the guys are thrilled, to say the least. What do you think made it possible for you guys to come back and, you know, come back a lot earlier in a lot of sports, honestly? Yeah, um, well, I think it was the expectations that, A, were set with the players um, and, and just staff that are integral in putting on the play uh, prior to – all of those protocols coming out, you know, we've gotten 40 something pages of protocols just for the team. And, uh, but, but all of those were being followed very strictly and agreed upon by all of the, the people who are covered um, and tested weekly. Uh, that stuff was happening in, in the beginning of April. Um, so I think it was important that, you know, everyone understood that it was important to stay home. It was important to do your workouts without, xyz random person if you happen to not be um you know in reno still or reno sparks and i think that really helped um the guys were in shape ready to go and then i think the ownership in the league like wants to go um seeing certainly there's an opportunity uh for the usl to be front and center and uh, to have a storyline that's a little bit different than a, a pod play type of storyline that's existing elsewhere you guys land in that group A, you'll be playing Portland, you'll be playing uh, Tacoma, and the big one, the one that I'm circling, Sac Republic, obviously a huge uh, matchup, and uh, to see those guys back out there, what was it like for you just to see everyone practicing again, and just to kind of like, everyone reports, and I, I mean, we've all been cooped up in our houses, so obviously, like, you must get goosebumps or something like that. It was, it was, um, we've, we've uh, it's just been a slow and steady process, <laughs> so that, that more than anything, I think, was most frustrating. You know, you went from your groups of four or less non-contact, and then you went to 10 or less still non-contact, and then you had to wait for the test to come into market. Then you needed to wait for the test to come back, and you were just like, you were told a timeline of when they'd be back, and it was like an hour after that. And you're like, why aren't they back? Why aren't they back? And uh, sure enough, they, they finally came back. Um, we're all good and, and fortunate in, in that regard the first time through. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, people and interaction is tough. It's definitely different now 
than it was prior to everything, you know, with the masks and pretty much if they're not actively training, they've got masks on and the interaction is different. You know, the guys aren't high-fiving or hugging or anything like that. So it's a little bit different, but in the end, you're just playing the game. Yeah, the uh, picture over your left shoulder, uh, that social distancing is uh, we're not seeing guys hugging after goals or anything anytime soon. Has there been a plan put in place? I know fans are going to say, can I come out with my family and social distance? Has there even been a plan put in place yet when it comes to fans? Yeah, I mean, at this moment, we've submitted stadium opening documents to the governor's office. That's step one, jointly with, with Las Vegas, both the lights and the aviators on the minor league baseball side. And with that, we're hopeful that we'll be playing in front of fans in the near future. However, um, you know, we'll, we'll play in front of no fans, um, you know, for a, a certain amount of time if we're not able to host. Uh, so we don't, we don't really have a direction one way or another. We have not been told no fans. We have not been told fans. It's really just a waiting game at this point. So um, we're just advising the health authorities and the governor's office at this point. I know a certain network that would love to televise your games. Same. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, I know, I know, I know it's going to work out, and very excited to uh, to have have uh, most, if not all, of them on. So, what were your thoughts on the the format of the season? I mean, obviously, sixteen games. You played once, only fifteen games left. Top two teams from each uh, region advance to the playoffs. I mean, usually this is a marathon kind of season, but uh, you know, every game even more important under this format. Spot on, Chris. Very important. And uh, we're fans of it. It's, I think it's great that we're able to fit in uh, 15 for us, you know, 16 total throughout the season. It still uh, um, sticks to the same cadence. You know, you're not playing three matches in a week. Uh, hopefully we don't see injuries build up because of that. And we also have the substitution role where you can have five substitutes throughout a game, um, which will be interesting in terms of tactics, how hard you run guys, uh, you know, if you've got a deeper midfield, you know, can in a box-to-box midfield system and a man-to-man defense like we're going to be playing after that goes and runs for 30. So it's going to change the game and the, and the tactics, I think, a little bit. Um, but, but we're fans of the setup uh, and we're fans of the group. Obviously, we've had a lot of success against the group. So, uh, so we're, we're definitely not mad about that. And, and we're in the lead. You know, it's, I mean, three points are very important. Coach was, was on us you know, about getting those three points because that was up for a vote within the, um, the Board of Governors. And, of course, some of the clubs that started off with zero points were um, not so much in favor of keeping the points, and those who started off with better results were in favor, and obviously that ended up working out. All right, so we got to float this idea. If there are no fans in the stadium, you guys have that massive jumbotron, a great sound system. Like, is there a way for, like, us to, like, zoom in and, and uh, you know, just – create crowd noise and make this environment super intense and get the, the Battleborn Brigade, maybe one, one person in each suite. You know, we got to do something here because this is a big, I mean, Sac Republic, the other two, you know, whatever. But Sac Republic, I feel like that's, that's the one that, uh, that I'm circling. Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, we're trying not to get ahead of ourselves too much in, in that regard. I've seen a bunch of different things. I haven't seen anything with uh, like the video board in a stadium or anything like that. I did see virtually – via the broadcast on NWSL this past weekend, they had like a virtual watch party. And after a club scored, they showed, you know, the 25 fans or whatever that were on there and they're all going crazy. And so we've talked about some things. I think it comes down to two, just, you know, what the club wants, what, what the team wants. 
in regards to noise or no noise, I understand that in some situations, depending on the league, it's pumped into just the broadcast. Some it is pumped into the, the stadium and the facility. So I think it's all about the home field advantage and really what the team wants. And I think we'll learn that as we understand if, if we're able to have fans or not. I just think that would look weird. I mean, if, if you're looking and the stands are empty and you're hearing fans, or you're doing the <laughs> Korean baseball version where it's cardboard cutout fans, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm, I'm on board with that. But Doug Raftery with uh, Reno 1868 FC joining us. Doug, one last thing before we let you go. Um, you've already won a championship this year as a, as a team. Corey Herzog took home the inaugural Nevada Sportsnet Beer Pong Championship. Uh, when, when you saw that, uh, that absolute uh, S show that we, <laughs> that we put together for a few weeks, uh, what were your thoughts? I loved it, man. Um, I think it's important to have fun. Um, I was a little jealous that I wasn't asked to, to be honest with you, but, uh, but no, I, no, it was a blast. I mean, listen, uh, Corey was certainly an underdog. Um, and, uh, but I thought the crew that you guys put together outside of Julian, um, was really top notch in terms of the names. Um, I'll even stick Alex in there. I just, I'm, I'm just throwing, you know, a little bit of Julian, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was awesome. I loved it. I, I watched it. I, I chimed in a couple of times and uh, the celebration was, was great in terms of Corey being around some of his teammates and able to celebrate with that thing. Now we hey, I got another question on this though. Did, did, did that victory go straight to Corey's head? You know, it's been a couple of weeks. He's been sitting on it. You know, is he flaunting it or like the trophy around? Like, like what's morale like with Corey now? Yeah, he, same old Corey. <laughs> <laughs> same old Corey I know he's got the trophy in his place um so he, he's more than welcome to bring it into the locker room but um I think maybe before that we uh we want another piece of hardware first so um so yeah but but I he, he's he's not a flaunter so uh, he's actually pretty low-key despite being very outgoing and very talkative I think one of the funniest things with Corey is that every single time the clock struck eight o'clock if he was in an evening match he had to pause and sing. Uh, Chris, do you remember what the song was? He had to sing a song with his little girl because the TV show was coming up. Dad first, as it should be. Uh, you got to stick to the schedule so the kids go to sleep <laughs> every night. You can have a little private time. Absolutely. Doug Raftery, Reno 1868 General Manager. You want to go and uh, check out the latest news. You're going to get it from us, but you can also get it at Reno1868FC.com. Can't wait to see you guys back out on the pitch. We'll do it safely, but it's got to be done. we got to get back out there. I hear you, man. Can't wait. It's coming up. Doug, I appreciate your time. We'll have much more coming up here on NSN Daily right after this. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Shannon Kelly, Chris Murray, and Julian Delgadio. We are joined now by former Reed standout in Nevada softball senior, Kenzie Goins. Kenzie, it has been a whirlwind of a year for you so far, getting hurt in the beginning of the season, and then the season was canceled a month later. Just how have you been holding up? What was the last few months like for you trying to finish school online? Um, I mean, school was all right. School finishing online was easy for me. I already had three online classes, so the school transition wasn't hard for me, but really like the mentality I had to just like try to keep myself like focused and really just push through it and I mean like the physical thing of like get being hurt just trying to push through that and 
really just trying to stay together with the team like over zoom and that's been hard being you know like talking to your team over zoom and not really getting to work with them and seeing them every day so that's been hard but really the hardest part would just be the mentality part and just trying to get through all of it but all of us I think are in the same boat so so the NCAA ruled that any uh, spring sport athlete could come back for an additional year and it sounds like everybody on the softball team among the seniors are coming back how important were uh, all of you guys making that decision together and coming back for another season it sounds like you wouldn't have done that if the other seniors didn't make the same decision yeah, I really wouldn't have, you know, I, we came in together and we've just grown so close and, you know, I just felt that if I got a year back because of my injury, but they didn't because of Corona, I just kind of felt like it was unfair and, you know, like being able to come back with all four other seniors was really special. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't the same setup. So I just feel grateful that we're all coming back together and get to push through another year together. Shannon kind of let off the interview with this, but you know, you've obviously been playing softball your entire life, playing at Reed before this. What have you been doing? I mean, just to kind of wrap your head around the fact that there is no softball and for the first time in your life, you just don't have that sport to fall back on at, at this time of year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like, you know, when I was going through rough patches, you know, I would just go to the cages and, you know, go work out and just kind of get the feel of like, you know, softball's always been my happy place. And so, it has been hard, you know, dealing with my injury and then dealing with Corona and, you know, just being able, not being able to see my teammates. So that's definitely been hard. You know, I don't have softball to fall back on, but I just think that, you know, there'll, there'll be better days and we'll get through this all together and, you know, everyone's pushing through it. So it's not just me that's going through it. So that's been easy to, you know, not just me. How do you think this uh, past few months, I guess, just really tests your mentality and everyone else on the team, just test the mentality of, hey, we have to work out on our own and do our own things. Because right now you guys would have voluntary summer workouts, but that's yeah. not happening right now. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, but really just the end goal is to be better than we left off. So really just having that mindset of like, I have to get the work done now to come back and hopefully be able to work out as a team together really just trying to stay prepared and like, you know, be on top of things before we all get back. And it's just kind of like, what the heck, like we haven't been doing anything. So really just having that mentality of pushing and being the best I can be. So. The yeah. program got some good news earlier this month. Uh, your former Reed High teammate and Nevada teammate, Julia Jensen, was named an academic All-American. Were you surprised at all? I think she's got like a 4.0 no. in like surgery or something. <laughs> no, like yeah, in neuroscience. She, yeah. no, that's not a surprise at all. She's literally so smart. Like never, never had a doubt in my mind that she wouldn't get that. So props to her because girl, I could not do that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so what have you been doing, you know, outside of the game of softball just to, to stay busy out there? I know you're from here, so you're kind of used to the lay of the land and a bunch yeah. of hiking and things like that. But what, what, have you picked up a new hobby at all? Um, well, my boyfriend is into COD and he plays that after practice every day. <laughs> so I tried that out and was very unsuccessful and got too frustrated. So gave up that. But other than that, really just been like camping with my family and, you know, just going out and honestly, camping is like my other happy place. So I'm like, I don't have softball, so I'll go to the lake and I'll be with my family and we'll just push through it. But no really new hobbies, I don't think. 
I don't even know if COD's considered a hobby, but to him it's, it is. It's so. a religion to some. You it, know, is, it is. It is. Honestly, it, it kind of is to him. So I'm kind of curious. Does he ever bring up the gulag? Is, is yes, that like all the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. And now that I'm living with him and all boy roommates, you know, that's all they do. And I'm like, I really tried, but I'm successful. So. Chris and I know exactly what that means, right? <laughs> I guess I, I should explain the whole thing. So, uh, Kenzie, you're dating uh, Reagan Roberson, who's on the football team. Um, Call of Duty is a video game that, of course, has a lot of national, international success. And in the game, if you die, you are sent to a prison called the Gulag, as as prisons normally are called. And if you're in that Gulag, it, it's not a fun time. I don't play Call of Duty. I've just seen a lot of videos and, and heard a lot of things about that. But, it's very irritating to Call of Duty players to end up there. Yeah. So I, I really sympathize with you, Kenzie. <laughs> yeah. You know, four boys, it's really, it's tough. I'm like, I just kind of do my own thing and watch <laughs> them sometimes. And then I'm like, this is boring. Like, so boring. But How do you think uh, just the camaraderie that you guys have built on your team and with these seniors over the last four years will just help you guys even more so next year that you do get this extra year? under your belt yeah I mean it's nice all of our five seniors like we've all been you know in that leadership role and coach T has like held us to those standards so I mean I just think that it's more power to us if we are all coming back and we have another new set of seniors I don't even know what to call ourselves anymore like are we seniors are we like I corona seniors I don't know I really don't know what to call it but um honestly like it's more power to us I feel like you know more girls more leadership more experience I think it'll be good for us you guys can just be super seniors and the other ones can the just seniors. be regular seniors yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean when you went from uh, Reed High up to Nevada I guess you probably had a vision for what college was going to be like uh what has your experience kind of matched what you thought it would be like obviously you have a, a year left to you know finish your story but mm -hmm. how has the experience just kind of matched up to what you uh, had envisioned when you came up to college um, I mean, always like having, you know, coming in, I, would, I knew I would have like the local support and my family and everything. So that's been awesome. But it's gone by so fast, like literally in a blink of an eye, like I don't even feel like a super senior, you know, I just, it's wild to think that not that long ago, I was in high school and coming into college. But you know, it's been a great experience, Nevada, I wouldn't have chosen any other school other than Nevada, like, I've met the best people. I have the best coaches, really good support staff. Like, I just feel blessed, and I think that it's all it was cracked up to be. So, you're one of those rare players that I've had that I remember when you were at Reed, and then you picked Nevada, and then you know the whole thing. So, now that you're a senior, I'm feeling old now. I'm sure Chris has had that a couple of times, but I can't believe we already made it to this level. Um, obviously, Fourth of July right around the corner this weekend. Um, any fun plans I, it's weird to not think of like aces ballpark as like a stop and seeing fireworks I know. In Tahoe and all that stuff but yeah and like all the fireworks in Tahoe are canceled and that's what we usually do so I don't know honestly we don't really have any plans it's kind of hard because everywhere in town you have to wear a mask and which I respect it but I just probably go out to the lake with my family again and probably just do the lake thing there you go yeah that's always fun yeah. Um, softball a little bit. What do you think you've learned most from Coach Taylor over these last four years that you've been at Nevada? Um, honestly, just being like a hard worker and 
you know, he's out there like maintaining our field every day before practice, before games, you know, he does it all. And so really just like him, like holding me to that leadership position as a freshman, just like held me to a standard. I feel like even like when I don't have softball, you know, like I'm just that leadership role and the hard work and the work ethic. I just think that that's like my biggest thing from him. And I know it is not totally softball related, but I mean, he's always like, I want to send you guys out with like better life skills. And I totally feel like he's done that. So. So your freshman season, you had a uh, Shannon on your team, right? She was a senior. Yes. So give yes. us a story about Shannon when she was playing <sighs> back a practice story or something. Like <laughs> Honestly, I don't really, I don't have like one specific one right now, but you should have asked me this, you should have texted me and been like, <laughs> I would have thought about it, but no, honestly, she was just always so happy and like she was like the hardest worker too. So I just, it was nice to be able to like look up to her, you know, as a freshman, her being a senior and, you know, she just like really exemplifies like hard work and she's a good time. She's fun, always happy. So I miss Fast her. too, right? Was she the fastest on the team? Was she up there? Yeah, she was fast. <laughs> she's fast. Kind of speedy. Kind of. Well, kind of. Kind of. Not oh. too much. Just Janet. kind of. Yeah. I feel like uh, that one memory that pops out that I, I remember both of you is the Stockton Invitational, or no, it was it was that uh, it was that tournament in Stockton where yeah, it was a yeah, double elimination. The, the first time yeah. that I went to the NISC, the postseason. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good times. Do you guys remember the snake on the field? Yes. And yeah. Drew, our field guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our, our field <laughs> guy just went and just picked it up. I was like, in oh, right field. Yeah. <laughs> <Hang> it out. <laughs> All right. I do remember that. Like, so confidently grab a snake by its tail and just yeah. like hold it out. <laughs> and it's like wiggling everywhere. And like, I hate snakes personally. Me too. Me too. Like, oh my God. This is just yeah. snake scandal. Chris, are you a snake guy? Uh, no, I don't think anybody likes snakes. I mean, even Indiana Jones doesn't like snakes. So, yeah, snakes are they're, they're generally fine, like unless it's a rattlesnake and it's poisonous. They're usually harmless. I think people just don't trust them. They're too shifty. They're too fast. Yeah, they're fast. They, it's funny that now that we're bringing this up, it's probably off topic. But this weekend we were at Lahontan and a little like it was little. It was probably like this big. But, you know, any kind of snakes, I'm like, I don't know what that is. It'll probably bite me and Reagan just like was like picking it up and uh everybody was just like holding it I'm like mm, not for me not for me You're like I can't I can't it was nice but <laughs> I didn't want to test the waters on that one well hopefully there won't be any more snakes then that yes. you'll come across this summer for <laughs> I know that was like, that's the last thing I need all of us snake so. bite, yeah Kenzie Goyens, former Reed High graduate and about a softball senior, going to be a super senior this upcoming season. We look forward to seeing you and the rest of the team back out on the field next spring. Yeah, I do as well. Happy to see all your guys' faces, and hopefully I'll see you guys in person and not over Zoom soon. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you, guys. Hopefully so. We'll have more of NSN Daily right after this short break. NSN Daily rolling along here on your Thursday, the GOAT Challenge, greatest of all time. Chris Murray has been diligently uh, putting this on our websites and on air over the last, wow, gosh, it's been three months now, Chris, we've been doing this. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically since the pandemic started. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're on the home stretch. Only three more votes after three months of work here. Uh, final four. Who's in our final four? 
So yeah, we had Marion Motley win. Uh, he was the first one into the final four. After that, it was Matt Williams, the Carson Crusher, the baseball star. Uh, we actually have two Williams. We have Gabby Williams as well, whose dad's name is Matt, but not that Matt. Uh, so we have Gabby Williams, who just beat David Wise yesterday. And then we have Coach Chris Alta. Gabby actually made a late rally. So David Wise was probably about like 65% of the vote when I went to sleep last night. And then uh, all of Gabby's friends started tweeting about it. So uh, she rallied this morning and she won with 61% of the vote. So, uh, you know, David didn't have nearly the amount of groupies that Gabby had in the home stretch. So uh, maybe she'll be able to, to spring an upset of Coach Alt in the next round. So it'll be uh, Marion Motley against Matt Williams on one side and Chris Alt against Gabby Williams on the other side. Uh, you know, I don't have any issues with any of those four. I think, uh, you know, those are all more than uh, deserving. They're all uh, one or two our original bracket. A late campaign push by the Williams camp and, uh, and Gabby makes it over the top against David Wise. I was I was surprised by that. I thought David Wise would win it, but social media is social media. I mean, if you can get a little wave and go, hey, give me some help here and somebody can, uh, some, can push you over the top. Shannon, do you think anybody beats Coach Alt? That's a tough one. I mean, Coach Alt, his legacy here in Northern Nevada is unprecedented. Um, but, you know, Gabby Williams, though, with that late rally, maybe, you know, we get a late spark and maybe her friends on Twitter, you know, vote for her late too. Um, it's tough to say, though. I think all four of those uh, athletes are, and coaches are great, and it's going to be a great matchup again next week. Well, she's got an entire fan base, too. I mean, if you can get yeah. to an entire WNBA franchise fan base, I mean, and, and get them to come to the call, that'd be, that'd be it. On the other side, yeah. Matt Williams versus Mary Motley. Do you think Carson Crusher, Chris, has a chance against one of the greats of all time? Yeah. Interesting. I think people have a better understanding for Marion Motley now than when this tournament started. So I think that helps his case. I was surprised that he beat Greg LeMond, just uh, given the fact that Greg's the only one who's uh, of Americans who have cleanly won the Tour de France. So I'm not going to doubt Marion Motley at this point. I think he'll be able to get through. And I think it would be against Coach Alt, unless, as we said, uh, a lot of Gabby's friends start retweeting, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the voting mechanism, and that might change some things. But um, yeah, I, I think Marion Motley is probably the favorite. And it's hard to argue. I mean, this guy just made the 100th anniversary NFL team. So literally one of the best football players to ever walk on the earth. And that's without even considering all of the social uh, impact that he had by breaking the color barrier to professional level. So as Matt Williams is a, a great player himself, five-time all-star, uh, but he didn't make the MLB Hall of Fame. So maybe not quite uh, at the same stature as Marion Motley in terms of his on-field performance. Yeah, you talk about the ceremony with all the players and they bring all these guys out um, for the NFL All-100 team. And I remember them announcing Mary Motley, and I went, wow. I mean, it, it, that really – it made me feel good that people outside of our area understand who he is, who he was, what he stood for. And I, I really hope that now, these days, what we're going through right now, as a culture, as a people, that people understand how big of a, how big of a deal that was, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to breaking down barriers and, 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 and what he went through. I would love to see – a documentary of 30 for 30 done on Marion Motley. I think it, I think it would be spectacular and beautiful. Um, if you want to vote, be a part of it, get onto our websites, nevadasportsnet.com or at Nevada Sportsnet on social media. If you want to be part of our final four in the goat challenge coming up next on NSN daily, we'll give you a double dip because we're not on the air on Friday. We're going to take the day off and give a, our folks a little holiday. I think they deserve a three day weekend. Better no bet. And the money play of the week coming up next. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Every Thursday, we do bet or no bet. Every Friday, we do moon and our dollar loans and our money play of the week. Uh, no show on Friday, so we will do it today. 
Better No Bet brought to you by Joey Gilbert Law. Uh, I said earlier in the show that a Mountain West school has dropped two sports. It's Boise State. Boise State has dropped baseball, which had literally just gotten off the ground, and swimming and diving, which was a program that was actually pretty good, Chris. Um, Better No Bet. Is this the first domino? Does Nevada eventually have to force its hand and drop sports? Yeah, I mean, they can't. Uh, I mean, if they want to stay a Division One school, unless the NCAA changes its rules, it's at the minimum number of sports required. You need to have at least six male sports uh, and 16 overall sports, and they're at six male sports and 16 overall sports. So yeah. unless the NCAA approves a waiver where they can go under that number, not just them, but any college, uh, they can't. Uh, and you look at Boise State, they were at seven and 11. So they had room to drop both one men's sport and one female sport. It, it is really, really sad. I mean, these players go there with this dream of playing for this school and then everything is shaken up, uh, especially in baseball team games. So I would say Nevada is secure their programs unless there's an NCAA rule change, which at this point the NCAA has declined doing. Um, but it will be difficult for them to make the budget fit. I mean, we literally just closed the fiscal year uh, two days ago, and Nevada usually doesn't have its numbers until about a month after to see how they did. I can't imagine they turned a profit this last year, and next year is going to be even more difficult. So there'll have to be some tough decisions. I just don't think it'll come down to cutting sports. I really don't think it's going to happen uh, unless there is a waiver, and then it would be you know, some of the minor sports, but, but to me, there is no minor sport. I mean, if this is what these young men and women have put their lives into. And, and when it comes to baseball at Boise State, Shannon, it affects two young men right here in the Truckee Meadows. You've got Matthew Farman, who's a redshirt freshman infielder from McQueen, and then a Spanish Springs High School graduate, Dawson Martin, who's, who's a redshirt sophomore utility player. So it affects, you know, all the way down here where two of our young people basically said, I'm going to pack myself up, go all the way to Boise to play baseball, and now it's gone. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I can't imagine, I can't fathom going through that. You know, you're so excited to go into this, help launch this new program and make history. And then, you know, your dreams are just shattered barely halfway through. You're not even halfway through the season. You played 14 games. That's nothing for baseball. They're, you know, they're used to playing 40 to 50 games. That's nothing. And for them to, you know, that's why athletes do choose to go to certain schools is for the sports, not necessarily for the academics. Sometimes it is that way, but you know, in this case, especially if you're going so close to home, yeah, it's probably because, yeah, you did get partial scholarship and you're, you know, you're still close to home at the same time. And I just, I feel bad. I feel for them. I can't imagine that happening. And I was looking at the swimming and diving roster and they have a girl on the team that's from Canada. You know, she literally picked up her life to move to another country to come here to come to the U.S. and that's just gone. And now, you know, what decisions do they make? Do they stay at Boise State? Do they go somewhere else? You know, in this situation, is Boise State still going to honor their scholarships? Probably not. Looking back on the rifle situation, last year when Nevada dropped that and added men's cross country, they still did add the scholarships. But because of this pandemic state, who knows if they're still going to do that. And it's going to be tough for these kids to find schools because rosters are going to be slimmer next year. And it's going to be more competitive when a lot of these seniors are going to play that extra year since the NCAA granted them that extra year of eligibility. Yeah. I can only imagine if this had happened at Nevada, if, if there was a scenario where they could have dropped two mm -hmm. sports and they chose swimming and diving, Nevada has historically recruited heavily in foreign countries, South America, Europe, China, when it comes to swimming and diving. So I can only imagine someone who literally packs up, moves around the world, and then suddenly you don't have a team anymore. It really breaks my heart. Um, 
our dollar loan center money play of the week is on a much, much lighter note. Uh, when this contract came out, I, I, I thought Bobby Bonilla was crazy and said, oh, I'm just going to defer this and you can pay me every July 1st. But July 1st, yesterday was Bobby Bonilla Day. Every July 1st, Bobby Bonilla is due more than $1.1 million from the New York Mets. And this goes through 2035. He's going to get paid for another 15 years on this. But the team did work out a deal to pay him just a portion of that sum, then pay him more than a million dollars every year. Da, 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 da. This was back in 2000. They kind of restructured it. They bought out the contract for $6 million. But, Chris, talk about a guy thinking forward. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played Major League Baseball since 2001, and he hasn't played for the Mets since 1995. So a genius move on his part to still get, uh, you know, be getting paid three decades after he plays for the Mets. Deferring money is not all that unusual in baseball. The Nationals have done it pretty heavily. I mean, Max Scherzer's still owed like 15 to 20 million after his contract's up. They got a World Series out of it, so I'm sure they're happy. But I haven't seen deferrals this long, where you're literally talking about like 30 years down the road. So, uh, you know, a lot of great foresight in that decision by Bobby Bonilla. You know, if he ever were to like run out of money, you know, he always has a, a million point two paycheck coming the next year. So, uh, you know, he's going to be paid up until his, his 70s, a million dollars a year to do relatively nothing. So uh, great negotiating by him and his agent. Uh, to me, it's just absolutely astounding. And I, I need to find out who his agent is and see if I can do some restructuring of my contract. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we we'll have some final thoughts as we head off into the 4th of July holiday. I want to thank Doug Raff of the Reno 1868 Football Club and Kenzie Goins, Nevada softball player. Uh, Chris, start with you. Uh, any plans for the holiday? You're just going to lounge around. Uh, we're going to barbecue on Sunday. As for Saturday, the fireworks show, it's obviously going to be on KRNV and then Fox. Uh, it's somewhere around our house, undisclosed location. So we might do some snooping, but we could probably just sit in our backyard and uh, the fireworks will be falling on top of us. So good location for our house for that. What about you, Chef? I think on Friday, I think I'm going to go hike in Verdi. I think we're going to do that. And then might go hike in Donner on Saturday. Not too sure what else for the rest of the weekend yet. Trying to stay kind of far away from Tahoe with all the, the crowds of people up there this weekend, though. So, yeah, But it'll be a good weekend to get outside. It's going to be gorgeous out. Yeah, I'm not a crowd person in the first place, but you can bet you're, that my feet are going to be in the Truckee River uh, for a good amount of time this weekend as we celebrate our Independence Day. Thanks very much for joining us here on NSN Daily. We will see you on Monday for Shannon Kelly, Chris Murray, and Anthony Resnick. I'm Brian Samudio. Take care. We'll see you then.